What is up? Welcome to Forefront 360, a podcast where we take you all around the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. I'm your host, Cody Schweikert, and I have a dear friend with me, Nate Mancini. Nathan, how are you? I'm doing well. Hello. Happy to be here. Yeah, good, man. I sometimes call you Nathaniel. Your wife sternly corrects me and says, that's not even his name. No, it's not my name. It's Nathan or Nate. Mm-hmm. And you It's know, not that complicated. Well, you know. There's a lot of Nathaniels out there, too. Nathaniel Hawthorne. There are. Ever heard yeah. of him? But since I'm one of your best friends, That's you know, I, we could probably get the name right. Yeah. I've only known you for like six years, though, so give me some time. Be gracious. Be patient. Yeah. Uh, Stick Nate, around. We'll get there. Nate and I have uh, recorded many podcasts together uh, over the years, but uh, we have a distinct pleasure to have a new guest on the show Today, uh, Sarah Collins is here. She is a uh, wonderful poet, and we're going to be breaking down her book today. Yeah. Uh, her new book, How Awesome Is That? Book of Poetry. Very All cool. New. Um, quick bio, Sarah is from central New York. Please interrupt me, by the way, if I just hit speaking lies, okay? You're doing great. I, okay, doing great. good, good. <laughs> Correct so far. Yes. <laughs> Your name is Sarah. Yes. Uh, Sarah's from central New York. She's a child of Jamaican immigrants, a graduate of Rochester Institute of Technology, otherwise known as RIT, you know, if mm-hmm. you're from the 585. Uh, she studied graphic design there. She's a wife and a copywriter and a poet and a mom of two rabbits. We're going to oh get into gosh. that later. Uh, yeah. She's a lot of things, but most importantly, she is a follower of Jesus Christ. Sarah, thanks for coming on the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so yeah. excited to be here, and I'm also nervous, but hey, I'm excited. <laughs> hey, we, we you know, this is a new, we're just meeting here, yeah. but yeah. Uh, we discovered just before we started recording that, because uh, I was about to say, Nate, I'm like, hey, Nate. Let's take it easy on the Star Wars quotes tonight yeah. because we've got, you know, a guest on the show <laughs> right. and we don't want them to feel like left out. And then Sarah was like, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry, boys. I am a nerd and I will get your references. I so am a nerd. We're like, you're sweating. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> she, she is, uh, Nate is excited. He's, he's kind of sprinkling plenty of obscure prequel quotes. And uh, Sarah is here. Sarah, we're so glad you're here. Um, the Welcome. way we usually start these interviews, mm-hmm. actually, uh, before we get into um, the 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 impetus for your book and even your your testimony and the book itself, yeah. we do a little uh, thing called the lightning round questions. Ooh. All right, lightning round. So this Ooh. is uh, lightning because yeah. lightning is fast. We're not going to electrocute <laughs> you. <laughs> I mean, depending Speed how you answer, light. yeah, we're not. Yeah. We're probably not going to electrocute you. Good, uh, good. But it's lightning round because, like, you're just supposed to say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, jeez. Right? Yeah. Some of these yeah. questions are simple, vanilla. Some of them are. A little spicy. Uh, yeah, a little like, whoa, this is a weird yeah. guy. Who came up with this question? How does someone's <laughs> mind work that way? Um, and the answer is most of them are Cody's, but yeah, if <laughs> one of them is mine. If it's really weird, it's like, okay, Cody came up with that. Um, okay, let's are you go. ready? Yeah, it's let's only going to take a minute or two. All let's right. do it. Lightning round. Beach or mountains? Beach. Favorite author? E.E. E. Cummings. Tokyo or Paris? Tokyo. Oh, mm. tacos or pasta? Tacos. How do you like your steak cooked? Assuming you Burnt. eat steak. Burnt. Burnt. Well done. Well done. Drives my husband crazy, but oh, sorry. Well done. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Well done. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep going. I'm going to just try to keep going here. You okay? Uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm dealing with it. Uh, favorite book of the Bible? <sighs> Psalms. Oh, good choice. Would you rather have the ability to speak to any animal or turn into a single animal whenever you wanted to? Speak to any animal. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Even um, the rabbits. Even the we <laughs> have very clear communication. I know that I'm not the boss. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> this me. brings me to my next question. <laughs> Buddy or Birdie? These are the names of your two rabbits. Am I correct? I can't answer that. Hey, listen, they they can't speak English, so they'll never hear what you say right now. Yeah, I don't think they're going to Buddy. listen. Buddy. Buddy, <laughs> oh, yes. Birdie. You hear that, Birdie? Because <laughs> Buddy's a snuggler. So. Birdie. Yes. You cold-hearted, oh. independent yes. rabbit, you. Yes. Um, okay. Birdie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I know. I'm so sorry, sorry, Birdie. Mommy Buddy. loves you. <laughs> if you had to fight 50 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck, what would you pick? One horse-sized duck. Oh, <laughs> courageous. Yes. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> Confident. It's the bill. Um, move- oh, gosh. All right. Uh, movies or TV shows? Movies. Good. What's the last good movie you saw? Interstellar. Oh, wow. Yes. Did you watch it for the first time recently, or did you just rewatch it, and you're like, that's Rewatched it. I needed nice. to, to kind of soak yeah. everything in again. Good. Yeah. Good. We have a whole Christopher Nolan pod. If we had known, there we would have brought you in on that. Um, yeah. Okay. It's there in the feed. Go back it's, and yeah, listen. Yes, there. It's in, <laughs> it's in the archives. Uh, Kindle or bo- or paper books? Paper book. Good answer. Uh, complete this sentence. Is this your question, Nate? <laughs> I have no oh, idea. No. I have. I have no idea what you're going to do with this. Oh, no. Okay. Complete this sentence. A rabbit's place is in the blank. Is in the kitchen. Is in the kitchen. Wow. <laughs> like, Interesting. They okay. beg for snacks. Oh, do okay. they really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just before we go on to the serious stuff, I need to know. <laughs> like these rabbits are free range around the house. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, they're like cats. They're free range. I'm a crazy rabbit lady because I'm allergic to cats and dogs, so I've never been able to okay. have them. Oh, so wow. my okay. parents got us bunnies. There you go. So I've always had them, and they are fascinating animals. They are extremely smart. They are smart. Yeah. They need a lot of stimulation, so they know their names. They know, like, simple phrases. They really know their names. Yeah. Yeah. They ignore me sometimes, uh-huh. but they know their names. And when I'm cooking, they beg for snacks. Or when I'm trying to do my morning devotions, they beg for second breakfast. So <laughs> how, do, how do they beg? Do they, like, scratch at you? <laughs> Buddy will jump up in my lap and kind of, like, try to close my Bible and, oh, yeah, start pawing gosh. at me. And then he'll nip me. <laughs> If I'm like too slow, so yeah, they're super smart. Yeah. Do you like walk them? Like they're just around the house. Yeah. Do they hop? Do they walk? Do they they... hop? They jump around. They do like acrobatics. They run. They chase each other. They chase me. They play. Do they like play with each other? Like this could be the whole podcast. They do. (laughs) It's so cute. It's a bit of a rabbit trail, but yeah. 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 Yeah, they're so much fun. And uh, one, I'll leave you with this because it's very cute. But Buddy is very jealous of my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't like it if we hug or show any affection. He'll <laughs> knit me. Um, and by you're just being <laughs> like sweet when you say that. What you mean is this animal's biting you. Yes. Right, that's yes. what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. He doesn't have rabies, I, yeah. I swear. But I think it's cute. Oh Ed thinks it's annoying. but <laughs> How large are they? Are they pretty big? or Buddy is about four pounds and Birdie is about seven. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. They're so cute. If you feel the need to share any more about those rabbits during the course of this podcast, just interject, okay? I definitely will. Just slide in the rabbit facts. Yes. (laughs) If I'm like, so what scriptures comforted you in the depths of depression? Bunnies. Yeah, bunnies. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Yes, I do feel like I know you a little better now. Um, So uh, I guess we'll start off, we'll just jump right in here with, how did you come to faith? What was that? What was that journey like for you? It was a smooth oh. transition there. Yeah. yeah. How much yeah, time right? do we have? Bunnies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, you met Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, bunnies and Jesus. Yes, I'm a professional. Yeah. God, God, God made the bunnies. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, Nate. 
So I'll give, a, I guess, a spark notes version is I grew up uh, Catholic. Um, I was a cradle Catholic. Um, everyone on my mom's side of, of her family is Catholic, from her mother, grandmother, and so on and so forth. So I come from a long line of Catholics, hence my middle name being Marie, um, very Catholic name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no kind of hold onto the faith. I didn't really believe it. Um, and that's no disrespect towards the Catholic Church. I think Mass mm-hmm. is beautiful. I think um, a lot of their their doctrine or their expressions are beautiful. But growing up as a kid, I just felt like, well, to quote Sister Act, one of my favorite movies, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sister Mary Clarence said that going to church is a drag. And I just didn't understand why I had to do all of these things, like why we can't eat fish on Fridays um, during Lent, why I have to do the sacraments. I just felt like if I had to do all these things to please God, he must be very selfish or angry or mm. starved of attention. I just didn't understand it. Um, I had no hold on the gospel. I didn't really understand who Jesus was. Um, I, that was a little bit overshadowed by Mary. Um, so I really kind of, I don't want to say lost faith because I never had it, but I kind of lost interest in Catholicism at about 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. And around that time, I think that's when... Um, depression and anxiety for me, although it existed before that in my life, that's really when it came to a head. And I started to kind of look for different outlets to express that spirituality. Like scripture says, God puts eternity in our hearts. We all want to worship something. Mm -hmm. And so being the nerd that I was, (laughs) I had some friends that were in like newspaper club and they were really into Wicca And I was like, oh, this seems cool. Like, I like Harry Potter. That's no shade towards Harry Potter. I don't think anything is wrong with that. But um, I was just fascinated with this idea that maybe I could manipulate the environment. And so I started getting into the occult in New Age. And it started out very innocent, just horoscopes, um, maybe just like prayers to the universe, praying for a friend that was sick. This and is like high school years? Like yeah. Teenage this is, years? Yeah, like, high okay. school, teenage years. And I didn't really take it that seriously. And at this time, I still thought that you could blend that with Catholicism, which right. a lot of people do, unfortunately. And then it started taking more of a Buddhist path. And I got really into yoga and Zen Buddhism and different kinds of meditation and um, even tarot reading. And again, I didn't think anything was wrong with this. At around, I would say, 29, I started having this mental health crisis. I feel I've, like the past 29 years of just anxiety and depression and restless thoughts really started to catch up with me. And um, by the grace of God, I started realizing that all of these kinds of self-worshipping acts were empty, um, that crystals weren't going to make me feel better. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter what my horoscope is or when Mer- Mercury's in retrograde, that wasn't going to make me feel any better. Yeah. <laughs> and I started feeling like I really needed to read the Bible, which was crazy because even when I was Catholic, I didn't read the Bible. So I secretly bought a Bible and still didn't read it. And then just one day I literally got down on my knees and I said, God, if you exist, I realize that I'm powerless over these self-destructive tendencies and feelings that I'm having, and only you can restore me to sanity, whether that's therapy or medication. Whatever you got for me, God, please just guide me. And I 
started crying so hard that I started laughing and I immediately felt lighter. And I was like, this mm. is weird. I, I have enough of my feelings. I don't want to go off of my feelings. But that was the moment that I was saved. And then day by day, I started reading scripture mm. and looking at a church that I could join and got into therapy and rest is history. Wow. And how long ago was wow. that? That was five years ago. Wow. So I've been a Christian for five minutes. Wow. Much. <laughs> oh, no, wow. no, it's, it's significant. That's an yeah. incredible story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I heard that alluded to, like as I was reading the mm-hmm. book and yeah, um, kind of preparing for the interview. But uh, that's I was ex- I was excited to hear that. Praise God. Yeah, cool. he's so good. It, yeah. yeah, it's insane. <laughs> um, so in your book that we're going to talk a lot more about in a few minutes, uh, you talk about the need to like rely on and rest on like solid biblical truth mm-hmm. as opposed to like fleeting emotions and even like mm-hmm. societal trends that are flimsy and always changing. Yes. Um, I was, I was just curious that were there, were there, was there scripture, particular verses in those early days or lately or whenever that were especially comforting to you as you dealt with like the mental health? Oh, totally. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine. Um, I had written in my journal at when I was 18 that my soul was tired. And mm, again, at that mm. point, I didn't even really understand what a soul was, but I was feeling the weight of depression and I had written that my soul was tired and I just want this burden to be lifted oh, off of me. Wow. So the first time I read Matthew, um, 11, 28, 29, where Jesus is pretty much extending this invitation to come to him if you're tired and heavy laden and he will give you rest for your soul his burden um, and his yoke are easy and light. Yeah. That just, um, were you able to connect? The, were you connecting the dots? <laughs> were you like, I said this a long time ago and yes. now I'm finding this. Yes. Wow. I believe that the Holy spirit gave me that moment of clarity to yeah. remember that yeah. I had written that. Yeah. And I, that just spoke to me uh, immediately. And, um, Romans is still one of my favorite books, just about being renewed in your mind. As yeah. I was going through therapy, I realized that that's exactly what I was doing with cognitive behavioral therapy was renewing my mind, changing my core beliefs. So, so that really spoke to me. And, um, also in the beginning of Ephesians, I think it's chapter one, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but (laughs) the apostle Paul is talking about God creating good works for us to walk in from eternity past that he knew us from eternity past and, Mm -hmm living um, in the throes of depression with suicidal thoughts, you have no hope and you're living in despair. So this idea that your Mm -hmm. life had purpose before you even came into being was just fascinating to me. One last delicious one (laughs) is also becoming a new creature in Christ. Mm. Um, That really appealed to me because, again, wrestling with suicidal thoughts, I wanted to die. So this idea of dying to self but being Mm. raised in a new life in Christ was just amazing to me. I'm like, yes, this is what I really want, not Mm. to necessarily end my life, but to end the suffering and this pain and to start all over again. So, yeah. It's so beautiful. It sounds like instead of God saying like, well, get out of that pit that you're in and come meet me. Mm -hmm. It sounds like he jumped down into the pit and said, I'm going to show you who I am and Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you promises that apply to the pain you feel right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, That's exactly what he did. I lied. And actually there's one more scripture. Go, go, go. (laughs) This is my last one. One more verse. (laughs) Yeah, I know. In uh, Deuteronomy 18, where God is listing off all of the abominations of the surrounding nations and 
he very specifically calls out witchcraft and sorceries and divination, pretty much a litmus of like everything that I was doing. And that really convicted me um, in such a way that made me want to draw closer to him because I started realizing we're not meant to dabble in these spiritual worlds or to have our minds open to these things. Um, I'm not equipped to handle that. I'm not God. So being convicted in that way really confirmed some of the feelings that I had before my conversion of this is really scary and this is really heavy and it's very dark and I need, I need help. (laughs) So Deuteronomy 18 was a tipping point for me in such a beautiful and, and gracious way. Wow. Awesome. It's beautiful. Cool. Okay, Thank that's you. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that's all. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's there's so much there. I know I know we gotta move on, but it's like it's it's so cool. I feel like your life um so well exemplifies just that that Christian journey, like you say, mm-hmm. dying to self. Um and just just the glorious new life to leave the mm-hmm. old self behind and be like, mm-hmm. we are made new in Christ. Um, like you mentioned getting baptized and like, yes. just like raised to new life yes, with Christ. Yes. What a, what a joy. Yes. Mm. Praise um, God. <laughs> what, what a blessing. Yeah. So one of the things we like to do on Forefront 360 is reach out to some, some friends of the person <laughs> we're interviewing and get some audience questions. Um, so I reached out to a few of your friends Ooh. and this <laughs> is a question from Krista Jenkins. Amazing. And Krista asks, your poetry does a beautiful job of communicating what it is like to experience a mental condition. Mm. If someone was having a hard time understanding or empathizing with someone who lives with mental illness, what would you tell them? Oh, that is a great question. I would tell that person um, to seek support for themselves. That mm. it's, there is a community of support that can help you navigate the very complex nuances of supporting someone that has a mental health condition. Yes. Um, I praise God that my husband um, with his sobriety journey had already experienced that and Mm -hmm. had family to rely on. And he was able to just graciously meet me where I was and encourage me um, to seek professional help. But we need community, and we know mm-hmm. that as Christians, like we can't do it on our own. We have to ask for help. So um, tap into those resources. Um, NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, is fantastic that they have support groups for folks who um, live with someone who's um, experiencing a mental illness. So definitely tap into those community resources and friends, family, get that support that you need. Yes. Um, yeah, you'll need a shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, through that community, gaining better, better understanding of the mm-hmm. challenges that that you're you're finding, and and better um, empathy too, right? Yes. From learning from others what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a good word. Mm. Yeah, one thing I uh, learned as we enter the, the like the mental health piece of this discussion is this really nuanced view you have of things like depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, this idea that like we are we're not just spirits, right? And we're not just bodies, right? So we, you know, the secular world would say we're only physical beings. And the overly spiritual world that doesn't really have a f- strong theology, right, mm-hmm. would would make the mistake of saying, like, we're only spirits, like only the spiritual matters. Yes. And so if you, if you take medicine, you know, for mental health, or if you 
rely on something like counseling mm-hmm. uh, or nutrition, if you rely on these things, you're actually robbing God of his opportunity to perform a miracle. And um, mm-hmm. I just I just really respect, like, that, that you reject that and you say, no, actually, these things matter. You know, like, mm-hmm. your nutrition matters. Um, yes. Your genetics matter. Your environment matters. The spiritual component matters. But it's not only spiritual, right? If someone is yeah. really sad, it's not like just pray harder or read your Bible more. It's not merely that, that. So how important it is, is it for like us and, and for you to have that nuanced view? Oh, that's such a great question. And it's so critical because, um, you know, one thing that my therapist helped me to understand, um, she's a a Christian, that's a therapist, not a Christian therapist, if that makes Mm. sense. Mm -hmm. But she really helped me to understand exactly how much was in my control, So I know that I can't just say, well, you know, I'm having a bad day. There's nothing I can do about it. But I can actually rein in my emotions with scripture and with the tools that I'm learning in therapy. So I do a lot in terms of nutrition, you know, praise my parents. They raised us to have a balanced diet. We were always cooking things at home. I was always in the kitchen at a young age with my mom learning about nutrition Um, My dad was a bodybuilder, so um, when I started my um, mental health journey, I did something I never had done before, and I started going to the gym. Um, I was always a runner before that, so just releasing that stress as I was picking up heavy weight. By the way, there are so many metaphors (laughs) (laughs) in the Bible between strength training and and like working out, So, but just pushing my body to new limits and having a physical outlet, making sure I'm getting enough sleep staying off of social media, as you guys know, as we (laughs) talked about, but there was so much in my control that I could use to support my mental health journey. So it was critical to look at just what my body was doing, what I'm putting into my body in terms of nutrition or even just media that I'm consuming. It was really important to look at those things. And my therapist did a great job of helping me to be aware of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So important. This is an audience question from Lita Moore. And Lita asks, what is one change in our medical, educational, or or church institutions that you think is needed to help more people with the challenges of managing mental illness? So I know that's that's a big question. Mm, That's a big question. It's a big question. (laughs) This is more. (laughs) But maybe as, as, as you've kind of navigated these institutions whether that is you know medical institutions or the church or whatever what's what what's kind of a change that that you would like to see happen Mm. that would maybe make it more more welcoming or or more helpful to to people going through that that's a great question i love lita but man you really got me (laughs) (laughs) she's coming with the hard questions i know (laughs) she's like fix it I know. Fix it, Sarah. Fix it now (laughs) in 15 seconds or less. (laughs) No, that is a great question. And I think one thing um, that I've said in the past is um, I think we're doing a great job at raising awareness and destigmatizing and removing the shame. But I think that awareness really needs to move into action now. Mm -hmm. What's the next step? Because I... I have talked to a lot of folks, both secular and believers, that say, you know, I think I have anxiety, but it's just kind of ending there. Um, And I understand that it's very scary to take the next step and to open up the most intimate and deepest parts of your life to a stranger, but they are a medical professional. So I totally get that. So I think the next step would be driving that awareness into action 
and um, helping folks get connected to a mental health professional. Absolutely. So uh, at your book launch event, you told a story about crying with joy over cabbage. <laughs> I'm so curious. And, I'm so curious. And because the rabbit I'm, wanted I'm, the cabbage, and I, was I don't think the rabbit was there. I could be no, wrong. The, yeah. I think it was at a supermarket. Yeah, um, so it was in the middle of Wagner. <laughs> I'm not going to make you reiterate it, though. You're welcome to reiterate yeah. it if you'd like for for the forefront audience. Um, but I'm just curious, uh, you know. What was it like to, you, you talked about like <laughs> rediscovering the joy of yes. the world, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, after this darkness of depression that yes. you've been through that, that was so deep, now you're kind of seeing the beauty around you. Yes. And I, I just wonder like, what, what was that like? And how do you think, how do you think we can kind of see that? How do we mm. see the beauty around us and not just take it for granted? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I'll provide a little context for your audience and for Cody as well. <laughs> a little so, cabbage context. Yeah. So shortly after I got saved um, and I started really fe- start feeling better after um, being in therapy for a couple weeks, um, thank God he was really in those sessions and helping me to process. Um, it was like I started tasting food for the first time again, mm. and certainly depression can a- affect the way that you taste and the way that you feel. So everything just started to taste really good, like just plain white rice with butter. I was like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> is like this is the best thing ever. And it was like the wow. birds were singing, and I just noticed it for the first time, and the wind blowing, it was like all of creation was just praising God's glory and mm. everything was just brand new and just tasted so good and felt so good. So I was doing grocery shopping at Highland Drive Wegmans and I just started crying over cabbage. I was praying like, thank you, Jesus, for this cabbage. And <laughs> I can't wait to cook this meal and look at all these beautiful like peppers that I can cook it with. Aww. And the great thing, like I said at the book launch, is like after having actually been crazy, you're not really afraid of people thinking that you're crazy in public. So I was like, whatever, you know, and it just, (laughs) I was just like blessing random people. And the produce lady was like kind of annoyed with me because she was trying to unpack everything. And I was just like, Jesus loves you. And it was just super annoying. (laughs) It's like, thank you for the cabbage. cabbage. Thank you for the cabbage. You don't know what this means to me. Cabbage lady, you are an instrument in the hand of God almighty. Yes, she was. So, I think rediscovering that, Nate, that's such a great question. Um, It's just little things for me. It's um, I'm a big fan of every moment holy and just taking that pause to thank God for all of the good gifts that he's provided Mm -hmm. for us, whether it's a cup of coffee in the morning or just preparing like, yes, I need the caffeine. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) Or just preparing a meal for fellowship with other Christians or even witnessing to non-believers. So Mm -hmm. it's just taking that pause. Um, Like I I remember complaining about how many dishes my husband and I had to do after Thanksgiving. And then I was like, well, thank God we had family to come to our home and we had food to eat. A little perspective shift. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. We had Those. something to put the food on. Yes. <laughs> we had a beautiful meal. Like, why am I complaining? So it's just being intentional and aware of those little things every day. Mm-hmm. And even Absolutely. asking God to like, Hey, give, will you give me yes. more gratitude in my yes. heart? Because it, in myself, I, I'm not going to be able to s- 
cry over cabbage. I just not, <laughs> I know. I, you know, don't even like cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> you better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a new heart. That's yes. Good. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. One of my friends um, said that when he went through depression, he found that like he could not enjoy coffee anymore. Mm, like there yeah. was just no joy in it anymore. Yes. I was like, man, that is so, it's so fascinating. Like it's awful, but it's like, yeah, it's fascinating to, to think that like, to be in this in this spiritual mental state, mm. even the things that I think are so obviously good mm. and like that you can kind of have a sensation of that those things can just fall away. Yes. And it's like, well, but we don't even realize like the sensations and, and the blessings that the Lord's giving to us all the time yes. that we get yes. to experience it yes. until <laughs> until it's gone. And then we're like, oh, that was actually really, <laughs> really I know. good. I really needed <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. And obviously it's not that like, oh, we're worshiping the cabbage or we're worshiping <laughs> the, like this is my God, right? Of course. Uh, my idol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, like when you when you put your faith and your hope and your worship in the only place it belongs in mm. God, you Amen. you actually enjoy created things more, not in an unhealthy way, but it because yes. it you know, it should on our best days and our best moments, it should remind us that like, hey, the this is good, but it's reminding me of something that's even better and will be perfect you know like the coffee in heaven will be better you know if we're still drinking coffee i imagine we are man i hope so Uh, so. but it's gonna be the best coffee we've ever had and so it's yes yeah yeah and it's great because um when i do my morning devotions and it's not to just like get a star on my god calendar he's like oh great job sarah you prayed Mm -hmm. to me this morning it's really a sense of delight it's not a duty just to give my first moments over to god and i love when the caffeine hits at the same time the holy spirit hits and i'm just like ready so magical (laughs) i know that mind body spirit combination i'm extremely happy right now i am ready to go (laughs) that is magical yes that's beautiful yeah yeah, so another audience question from Mrs. Moore, Mrs. Lita Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to God's Word, the Bible, uh, have there been other resources like books or websites or ministries, podcasts that have helped you in your, your mental health journey? Oh, that's a boring question, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Um, I was really careful about the content that I was consuming, and I just got so kind of, hooked on scripture Mm -hmm. and um that was mirroring the work that I was doing in therapy so I really didn't want to I was prior to my conversion I was a big fan of self-help um which I look back at it now like I can't even remember to drink enough water during the day like I can't help myself so um so I was a big fan of of those things um so yeah I really kind of stayed away from that and I really just relied on scripture and the resources that my therapist provided so it's almost as if like sometimes less can be more like what Mm -hmm. tell me about like I don't know you mentioned that like I try to limit social media or I'm not on what was like what's the difference of like hey I Last time I was mm. connected, it was, this is what I experienced. And when I cut that out, this is how it feels different. Yeah, so that's a great question. I just feel like I have more room in my head. And I feel like um, I'm I'm not kind of bogged down by that clutter or that overstimulation. Again, having anxiety, I process input a lot differently. So um, social media is just too much for me. And I re- distinctly remember the last time I tried to use it for a hot minute. Um, it was last October, and um, my husband and I were on a wonderful anniversary trip um, in uh, New England, and it was amazing. 
And I was scrolling through social media and I saw that some random person was on a beautiful beach in Hawaii and I immediately felt envy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why? I'm at the beach right now. I know it's a little bit colder, but I'm on this beautiful trip with my husband. Like, why am I feeling envious of, of this person? Right. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't do this. Mm. Um, and that's no shade to anyone that uses social media. I, I know it's an amazing technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's really interesting about d- d- both that and the whole resources mm. thing of just we're in this era where we feel like we can fix any problem because we have mm-hmm. Google and YouTube yeah. owned by Google, uh, which we can, <laughs> <laughs> the second largest search engine, True. Um, which, which we can use to like figure out how to do anything or yeah. learn anything. Yeah. And I can imagine that there is that tendency to be like how to stop being depressed yes. and like like there's a, there's somebody's got to yeah. know and like find right. the information and yeah. find find the thought leaders and just the fact that like what god brought you instead of like the mm. perfect thought leader was he brought you his word yes. <laughs> yes. and say you therapy and like yes. that combination um was so was so valuable i yes. I, I, I love that it's, yes. it's countercultural. yes you know? and very simple yeah yeah i have to ask one last question before we um, move yeah. on to the poetry nitty gritty because yes. you say something extremely wise somewhere I read mm. about how uh, healing is not linear, yes. right? And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like your ETA, your estimated time of arrival to be fully healed is heaven, yes, right? Mm-hmm. Could you could you ex- explain what you mean by that? Absolutely, great question. Um, let me see if I can <laughs> distill this. Yeah, as it like so that we don't we're not coming off as like. I met Jesus and now my life is perfect and I never experienced sadness, right? I totally appreciate that because, yes, as I said at my book launch, I don't want to make it seem like Jesus is a genie and he just waved a magic wand and it suddenly went away. Um, That's not what happened. So I've been in therapy for five years. Um, The first year and a half was consistently very intense. I was going like twice a week. Um, Now it's pretty much just check-ins like once or twice a month or as needed. Um, so I'm a work in progress. So I was healed when I came to faith, but by the grace of God, I'm still unpacking and working through a lot of different issues. Um, it takes a long time to work through trauma. It's not a light switch. So, um, it takes a long time to understand who God made you to be. So it's not that I never have a negative thought or that I never have, an anxious kind of feeling, but I feel that between therapy and God's grace and his word, I'm better equipped to deal with it. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to entertain every negative thought that comes in my head. So I'll give you an example. Um, As a copywriter, I would say most creatives deal with imposter syndrome. Like, is my boss going to like this? Is the client going to like this? What's the point of all this? I hate my work. Mm -hmm. But realizing that, no, I am qualified and equipped to do this. And What's the worst case scenario if I have to do it again? Okay, it's not a big deal, Sarah. We got this. So, right. mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so I'm not going to entertain that for yes. and let it torment me. Or... Exactly. Yes, it's just better equipped to deal with. Yes, torment is the perfect word. Is <laughs> I can swipe left on these right. negative thoughts <laughs> and keep it moving. Right. <laughs> Those of you who are on social media, you'll get that metaphor. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Cool. Let's get into the poetry, which I, I I write poetry as well. Oh, and I was extremely thankful to like get to see your book. And that means so much. Uh, so I'm excited for this part. 
Thanks. Yeah, I'm I'm the least poetic among us here. I I don't write poetry. I don't even know a lot about poetry, <laughs> but I appreciate it. But Nate get is, with it, Nate. Nate is actually <laughs> just brilliant in most things. Yes. So he he'll do just fine oh in goodness. this portion. Well, this is, this is why I'm asking the questions, not giving the answers. Um, so I feel like there there are some mediums of art that pretty much everybody engages with these mm. days. Um, everybody you know reads something, whether that's as simple as an article, or hopefully everybody. Everybody reads books in some regard. Yeah. Every, everybody watches movies. There, there are these certain art forms that everybody kind of gets. Um, everybody looks at photos on Instagram if they're on social media. Except for me. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody, everybody else looks at photos on Instagram. Music. Um, even if you can't make music. Exactly. Yeah, music. Yeah. Everybody listens to music. I mean, yeah. Ask anybody, what's your favorite uh, artist? And everybody mm-hmm. kind of has one. Um, but... But poetry is an art form that I feel like not everybody experiences. Not yeah. not everybody even even reads it. Like mm-hmm. whether or not they like it, they don't even know if they like yeah. it because they just don't even experience yeah. it at all. Yeah. And so my my question is kind of twofold. One is, um, you know, how how do you think we encourage people to experience mm. poetry more and let that be a part of their life? Uh and then as as a potential answer to that or follow-up question do you think that your form of poetry this kind of this kind of poetry that's grounded in your personal experience mm. and i think is quite accessible mm-hmm. do you think that that is a pathway to doing that yes <laughs> that's a great question nate so um I kind of consider myself an accidental poet. It was just like a medium that I fell into as a little kid. It was just something I did to make sense of my thoughts, whether they mm-hmm. were happy or sad. Um, yeah. If I was excited about getting a pet bunny as a little girl, I'd write a poem about it. And I didn't really understand that it was poetry. Um, mm-hmm. And I can understand why it can turn a lot of people off. It can be very heady, very philosophical, very like very deep and... Uh, we're living at a time where the average attention span, I think, is about eight seconds. So, <laughs> and it's not mine even time is too. to read it, much less understand it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, as far as my style goes, I think I write poetry like a copywriter does. So it's like I'm writing headlines, and I just want to get to the point. But you brought up a good um, point there about being accessible, and I think part of that is being relatable. Is it's being down to earth. It's being, um, I know this word is overused, but authentic. Um, so that way people can relate to it. Cause at the end of, at the end of the day, when we write something or we read something, consume something, we want to feel something. So I think keeping it simple, keeping it digestible, definitely sound like a copywriter now, (laughs) keeping it to the point, keeping it succinct, but also emotive, um, will really bring readers in and feel like they, hey, I can get poetry, and this is actually something that makes me feel good to read. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When I teach, like I'm, I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. I have 14, 15-year-olds, and uh, when I do poetry units, I, you know, people can disagree with this, but I'm really careful to pick, like, accessible poems yes. that are not. Yeah. And that yeah. doesn't mean simple. Yes. It doesn't mean it doesn't have deep ideas and exactly. complex experience mm-hmm. loaded into it, mm-hmm. uh, but... A kid's approach, when kids think of poetry, they're like, okay, this is a mystery. It's a lock. I've got to try to break into this lock to get a treasure that I don't even want. Yeah. And uh, that is the conception that, like, this poet knows something that you don't know, and they're just, like, toying with you, and you have to (laughs) figure it out. And I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Probably are poets like that, poems like that. Mm -hmm, And some people are just, like, 
tickled by that and love poetry like that. That's fine. But uh, I really, yeah, yeah. I, I love your style yeah. and the, um, Thanks. yeah, the accessibility is, uh, yeah, I think Langston Hughes was like that. Mm. Even Ben Myers is like that. Just, I, I'm attracted to poetry that is, um, mm-hmm. is what it is. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 The meaning kind of gets out of its own way. The words really do a lot of heavy lifting and the simplicity just yeah. just brings it to life. So, yeah, I yeah. agree. All right. Uh, this next question, Nate, ask the next question. It is better than any question I've ever written for a podcast ever. Is so, it about rabbits? Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's, it's not about as not as far as I know, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I like this question actually as a follow up because it kind of ties together the the different art forms. So this is uh, a question from Kate Pagan Kemper, mm. and she asks if you could have one of your poems put to music, which poem would you choose, and what genre music would it be set to? She's, okay. up her book. she's cracking open the book. <laughs> I would say um, Heimica, and I would love to have that set to reggae oh, because no. it's about, you know, my parents' home country. And obviously, I feel a strong connection to it. I actually took my first steps in Jamaica. My parents Aww. brought me when I was a baby, Aww. and I took my first steps Beautiful. on my grandfather's porch. So oh, that's cool. I know. It's so cool. That's so cool. I would love to hear that set to um reggae and just bring it all together do you want to read that for us just so the audience no experiences it? <laughs> <laughs> all right you'll have to buy the book folks and then you can read the yeah. <laughs> that's right folks that's right she knows what she's doing yeah because i don't speak patois in a way that is <laughs> as authentic as it's like an americanized it's like spanglish so mm-hmm. i would butcher it so also, it's actually, so it's easier for you to write than it was for you to like perform that poem yes read exactly it. yeah okay. i have performed it well through a recording once and I mean, everyone said that it sounded great, but I was like, no, <laughs> it sounds so much better if literally my mom was reading it. You need to get so, her to read it. She totally would. She yes. has to read it. You need to get an yeah. audio recording of this. And I to- yeah. We'll get you in touch yeah. with the music yeah. industry and we can get some. Send us the recording. Yeah. We'll splice it in. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nate can do anything. Just send it. Yeah. Now this is podcasting. <laughs> So this is, uh, our listeners have heard us explain this uh, soundboard way too many times, but that was Anakin Skywalker saying, now this is podcasting. And Nate found an interview of Jake Lloyd talking about the cast of the oh movie. Where casting. The, the, the actor that plays Anakin says casting. And he this is amazing. mixed these together. Anyway, the listeners, we're sorry. So cool. We're sorry that you're hearing this story again, but Sarah uh, has not heard it. So. Um, I loved it. Gosh, so much talent. That's a that. good trick. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, cool. All right, let's get into it now. Um, what is your writing process like? Coffee, uh, morning versus night. We computer. know coffee's in there. Yeah. Yes. Computer versus paper revision, all that stuff. It's kind of a hot mess. Um, I'm usually like very orderly because that's just the way my anxiety is set up. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will caveat that my writing style has changed dramatically from Mm -hmm. the first couple of chapters of this book where I was writing in the throes of anxiety and depression. I was self-medicating with uh, marijuana at the time and Mm -hmm. praise God. I have no interest in doing that now. So it's very, it was very frenetic and chaotic. And I was writing on um, napkins or like on pieces of cardboard, whatever I could find at the time um, to just get the thoughts out. 
Um, and now my writing style is much more orderly. I need to get into a headspace. So like you said, it probably starts with some kind of caffeine, either coffee or matcha. And um, I go upstairs, shut the door to our office and just lift up a quick prayer to God that just be with me in this process that the Holy Spirit would guide me. And I typically start with pen and paper, Mm. pretty old fashioned. There's just something about that connection that really helps me to get into the space and to feel the flow. And um, yeah, then I usually get up for a snack (laughs) and and come back because I can't work when I'm hungry. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. It's pretty boring. And eventually ends up in some kind of computer yes. program. Yes, right? then definitely um, Google Docs, Google Drive. I need to have my folders organized so I know where everything yeah. is, and it just makes the process a lot easier. But start with a notebook and then go digital. Cool. Yeah. So I, I feel like you're – your book of poetry is is very interesting and and the fact that you wrote it as a copywriter <laughs> yes. because so weird. on the one hand well it's great uh, but it's unusual <laughs> yes. because on the one hand it's very raw right and, mm. and very authentic to mm-hmm. your experience and like as you just start out the book it's early on in in the depression right and yeah. it's like you can really just feel you're just putting words down like mm. as they come to you mm-hmm. but then as it gets later on you know there's there's this kind of evening out of the plane mm. that occurs yes. and so I, i'm wondering you know, to what extent did you think about like rhythm and meter in the poetry and try to like make it work really well as like an official poem each time or did you kind of just say like look this is what i'm feeling in the moment and like that's what it is like did yeah. you go back and try to make it fit some kind of a standard or is it just from the heart it's just from the heart <laughs> i wish i had like a better answer like it was thought out and intentional and carefully planned no it wasn't um and that's just god's grace and kind of working being with me and working through my words that I was actually shocked Nate when I started to organize the manuscript and put it together and digitize everything that how well everything fell into place that yes. was a shock that's, for me yeah that's the, that's the genius of this yes, book this book crazy. is awesome like uh which is my next question um let's let's finally get into this the the metaphor of flight oh, in aviation like yes. uh can you first off just like break down the title and yes. it, it sounds like one thing and then you get into the book and you're like oh this is like a legitimate flight term like yes. what's happening so it's insane <laughs> yeah break down the title for us so the title recovery from unusual attitudes um i actually got it from um watching reality tv <laughs> where all good ideas come yep, from that's right that's yeah right. <laughs> um, my husband and i love watching those like alaska survival shows and there was this bush pilot that lived literally in the arctic circle in the middle of nowhere who um, was training for an especially um, important flight where there would be some bad weather. So he wanted to make sure that he was equipped for an unusual attitude. And that is when you visually think you are flying on the right path, but you are flying upside down or at a dangerous position that will lead you to crash. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, that is a metaphor for my life. Like right. um, Proverbs 14, that there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Oh and I was like, God. whoa, I know. That's so good. I was like, I got to write this down. So that was the start. The title was did begin. That was like the genesis of the idea. And then the chat, the names of the chapters came later. So I had a bunch of work before then and I didn't right. know what to do with it. Right. But yes, you're correct that the title is where, what brought it all together. Right. And I was like, oh, Wow. 
I need to. (laughs) It was amazing. Like, praise God. So, yeah, an unusual attitude is um, you're in a plane and you don't know that you're flying upside down. And that's why it's so important when you're flying. I'm not a pilot, by the way, but Mm -hmm. there was a pilot in the audience. (laughs) My book launch who was like, this is amazing. Yeah, (laughs) he asked if you were. He was like, is she a pilot? (laughs) You you did your research. I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) As I was was reading this, I was like, oh, this, this girl did her research on this. And I was getting online saying like, how I, legit, I was like, how legit is all this? And I'm like, unfortunately, she has a typo for the title because I'm sure it's supposed to mean altitude. Unusual altitude. I'm just a fool. So many and people have said. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a fool. No, it is attitude. She's not wrong. Yes. Like, leave Sarah alone. Put some respect on her name. Put some respect on it. Yeah, Look so it that's how it came together. And from there, um, to your point, I just started looking at different flight terms and they were just so rich in metaphor for Mm. what I was feeling and what I was going through and um, praise God that the body of work and collection of poems that I had written at that time fell into these kinds of categories of different flight terms so it Mm. it kind of came together seamlessly like once I got into it and had the title so it's really good are you do you have it hand can you read the names of the chapters oh yes yes so um Recovery from Unusual Attitudes is the title, like we were just unpacking. The first chapter is Distress. Second chapter is Dead Stick Landing. Third chapter is Since Factory Overhaul. Fourth chapter is Cruising Altitude. Fifth chapter is Blind Flying. Sixth chapter is Holding Pattern. And the seventh and last chapter is Final Approach. And it's and those poems do fit neatly yeah. in these ideas, and and we get like an idea of what that flight term means at the beginning of each mm. chapter. It's just like such a cool structure for a book. Like I really um, was like, dang, why didn't I think of this? And then I was like, Cody, you would never have thought of that. Relax, <laughs> like relax. Uh, yeah, it's so cool. I'm well, really... I think that's where my advertising experience comes into play because yes, um, I'm a copywriter, but we're tasked with coming up with concepts and thinking big and thinking of the whole picture, right. thinking holistically. Mm-hmm. So um, praise God, I was able to really use that experience and translate it into yeah. my creative work. So, so yeah. cool. Yeah. I hope so, my boss approves of this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm sure. Thank, yeah. you. thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Reality TV, yes. for that great idea. Yeah. Um, okay, I just need to run through, because um, I, 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 I did actually read the poems and I mm. uh, wanted to just like, say a few things that I love real quick. If yeah. I could do that, these are totally like out of order. Um, this but is the Cody's compliment section. Yes. yes. The doc- <laughs> the document says Cody's compliment. So cool. Uh, it's an alliteration, which I am a sucker for. And so are you apparently. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, uh, so many of the early poems, especially uh, dead stick landing section are like rambling run on sentences mm-hmm. that really communicate what it feels like to be lost in racing thoughts without the ability to like organize emotions. And mm. it sounds like that was, that was really raw and authentic. Like you were feeling right. You were yeah. not like, okay, I'm going to write a poem about what it would feel like if I was in distress. Yes. And you're like, no, bro, I'm in distress. Yeah. And I am like, right. This is like panic attack in my car in Wegmans parking lot. Yes. I don't know why I'm always at Wegmans. <laughs> yeah, it's Wegmans, like, man. Yes. It's where the story begins. Uh, and yes, exactly. Um, but I'm just reading these and I'm like, yeah, you're not faking these. Like no. this, this person is feeling this. Mm-hmm. Um, runaway train. Uh, can I read this quote here? It's so yes. good. Okay. So this is from a poem called runaway train. It's all spilling out of my soul and sitting on my tongue like venom waiting to be spit out. Mm. Only I've grown to like the taste of poison. I mistake it for medicine. 
Mm. Oh my gosh, just like so much there. Yes, mm. it's so rich. Um, oh, that, I just loved that. I was like, dang, that's a good line. Mm. Um, knock knock. That poem, it felt like to me at least the turn in the book. Yes. It was like, okay, there's a glimmer of hope, and it's not a fully formed thing yet, right? It's it's like whoa, something. There's a tiny little shift here. Yes, yeah. Um, and I loved that. Uh, facade face has a beautiful simile in mm. alliteration. And you'll have to buy the book if you want to know what they are. Because I did not <laughs> write them down. Um, but also facade face, just a great name for a poem. Yeah. You got the alliteration. Yes. You got the C, the saw sound mm-hmm, repeated. Mm-hmm. Just lovely. And it makes sense. It's not just random. It, they're not put together because they sound nice together. A, f- a facade and a face. That's mm. like a, that's an evocative idea. Uh, Deceived to death. Really awesome poem. Mm. Uh, exposing lies. What uh, Do you remember writing that one? Yes, I remember being angry because, um, again, I had this coming to faith and just finally had this grasp on truth that I was hungry for and thirsting for and searching for everywhere except for the Bible because I thought it was, i kind of ashamed to say this now, but I thought it was this old dusty book, like how could this speak any life to me? And I was angry in writing that because um, I knew so many folks who were still heavily invested into the new age Mm -hmm. and were turning to crystals and charms and horoscopes and tarot and um, Himalayan salt lamps to kind of get rid of this negative energy or these feelings of heaviness or depression. And I kind of maybe had a sense of what Jesus felt at the tomb of Lazarus Mm. of just that your bowels are churning Mm. and he's angry at just the death and the deception um, in the world. So mm. there was a lot of anger when I was writing that, um, that it's not all love and light and positive vibes, that right. there's really dark forces that are mm. trying to deceive and distract us from knowing that we're made in the, the image and likeness of God and um, blinding us to his glory and his truth. So, yeah, there was a lot of anger there. It's so good. And to clarify, it doesn't have to be salt lamps. It can be... <laughs> Lots of stuff that like, yes. seems maybe harmless, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Which, yeah, totally. Like, I, I'd never, I didn't have, I've got my own story, right? But uh, <laughs> coming to faith. But it, it never, it was never new agey for me, but it certainly was um, other things. And mm-hmm. it, I felt like, oh, yes, I remember this as I read that poem. Mm. And, uh, so, so good. Um, last line, I just love this line. I don't even remember what poem it comes from. It could have been related to, like, a marriage poem. Mm. I think it was like, hey, yeah. this is, uh, yeah. here's a, here's a yeah. peek at what this is about. And the, uh, the line is, I saw the splinter in your eye, but was fine with the forest in mine. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, good oh, poem, man. Oh. That's forefront, baby. You take yes. in Christian truth and you add a little artistic excellence Bam. to it. Yeah. Uh, praise God. That's a good line. Yeah, and my husband was incredibly gracious, like I said. Uh, he's just so amazing that I would mm. knit about, you know, a cup being out of place or something unimportant, and here I am just having no control over my emotions and expecting him to just, like, fix me. Um, and that's not a weight that anyone should carry so so yeah I had to it felt good I have to admit that it feels good to just to acknowledge that my goodness is nothing apart from God and Mm -hmm. that I'm not a good person apart from God and it feels good to just freely just say that and acknowledge it and then um praise God you know by the power of his Holy Spirit to become more like him every single day so yes Mm, it's good liberating praise the Lord 
Nate, final thoughts before we, we wrap it up here? It's a beautiful book. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a blessing. I'm so excited. Uh, I, I really, I do think it's accessible. It's got a beautiful structure like we mm. talked about. Um, just, just so listeners, uh, I, you know, if you haven't kind of picked up on it yet, it's a new book. <laughs> it's called, it's, it's called Recovery <laughs> from Unusual Attitudes by Sarah Collins. You can pick it up, I believe, wherever books are sold, right? So. Yes. Yeah. You can check out sarahcollins.work and that will take you to Amazon. If you're in the Rochester area or even not, you can order it from writers and books from their bookstore. Um, they're a great organization to support and they were a big part in making this launch a success. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, thank you for writing it and for sharing it. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me yeah, today. This we, is great. No, you're awesome. We're seriously <laughs> glad to have you on the show, and uh, it helps that you're actually good at poetry because that, <laughs> yeah. that makes the whole thing a lot easier. Yeah. That helps. Glad so, it wasn't awful. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up here, Sarah has uh, graciously agreed to actually read. Is it the final poem in the book? Yes. So uh, yes. we're gonna we're gonna finish with um, that. It's a bit of a spoiler. We're giving yes. away the ending here. But. <laughs> but it'll make so much sense once you yeah. buy the book, shameless plug. <laughs> buy, and, the book. Yeah. buy the book. Buy the book. It yeah. reads through it. It ends on a high note. So I just wanted to leave the audience with this um, and hoping that it encourages and lifts some hearts. So the title of this poem is Strong Weakness. And like a shooting star blazing across the dark of a night sky, she shot out of nowhere, out of numb nothingness. The others looked on, jaws dropped, breath stopped, stunned and staring at the surrounding bleakness. When they asked her how she did it, she simply replied that his strength is made perfect in her weakness. Thank you for listening to Forefront 360. We sincerely pray that God uses this episode to encourage and challenge and comfort and inspire or whatever you need. He knows exactly what you need. Uh, So if you enjoy the show, leave us a rate and review on whatever platform you're using. And be sure to buy a copy of Recovery from Unusual Attitudes, not Altitudes. (laughs) Uh, Until next time, keep pursuing authentic faith and excellent art.